Hello. Hello, we're two thumbs undecided. Um, I'm, my name is Sam Ferguson. And I'm Zach. Just Zach. I go by Zach these days. Oh, I go by Sam Ferguson. If you call me anything else, I you are not respecting me and my wishes. Um, I just want to quickly say, I actually, right before this episode, I bought a bunch of stuff from the USPS. I bought a shirt. Nice. I bought a stamp. And, yeah. Um, have you guys, have you guys, oh, we also... Should we introduce her now, or should we let's introduce just, let's her just, later? Let's just bring. Well, now you, I think you've right, opened up right. the box. Just stuff me to the side on your women in film also, episode. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Also, <laughs> hold just, up that. Hey, don't ruin the. Us. Hold up the um mic to your face. Okay. So hold up the phone. Hello, Karina. She's frozen in a funny. I just figured the more I play with right, it, I'm holding the, more the mic it's to my face. Sound weird. <laughs> I should be okay. Cool. Um, I can't wait to hear how my audio is going to turn out. You, it should be fine. Um, do you see like there's like an indent like in the on the thing? Like, do you say that it's it, it's recording, right? Yeah, we're good. All right, cool. Uh, so this is um, our. She's been on the show. Frequent guest. Too many times to count. Um, to some would call her maybe the third number thumb. one guest star. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would call her <laughs> number one guest star. I would call her um, Karina Dandashi is the name wow. that she goes by. Um, I like that. You don't, do you have what's That's your a good name? name? Adriana. Freaking knew that. Um, That's a good friend. So today is a very big day. I feel like Karina and I have both had a pretty intense week. Um. And one of the things we like to do on the show is we like to be real. Because I feel like a lot of radio shows out there, podcasts out there, they're, they, they, they mask the reality. They're a fantasy. Uh, exactly. They're a fantasy. But we are based right. in reality. They're foozy. But reality is also a fantasy at the end of the day. It's also wow. August. What's, what's reality anymore? Just to wow. timestamp this, this is August 14th, 2020. Right. It's just crazy out there, man. There's a lot of things going on. I'm moving back to the city in a week. Karina's. You both are now both in Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Wow. Oh, we can. Beautiful. You can drive your distance, car past uh, my driveway, and I'll just stand there, and we can just. I'll, I'll be. <laughs> you guys should feet. go to each other's houses, and. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll just stand in my driveway. He can drive by. You can do a drive by. Drive by high five. A drive by mm. wave. That'll be cute. Um. Though I <laughs> drive by a high five. I need to get. I don't have a car, so I need to get one of those scooters. Uh, one of those, you know, <laughs> rent a scooter things. Get yeah. a little. Do they have that in Pittsburgh? They do. Oh. Um. Someone, they do. Yeah. That someone. But is it like in? Is it like in? Um. You guys haven't been to L.A. recently. In L.A., they have scooters, all everywhere along like the streets. Oh yeah. It's kind of dangerous. Like if you've seen the most recent, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, or not the most recent, the first episode of the newest season. Mm. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Who's the guy? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Not Seinfeld. Um, the, the guy that's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, uh, Larry, Larry David. Larry David? Larry David. He goes around and is like, yeah, Larry David. He goes around and is like pushing all of the, the scooters over. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Mm. Um, that was a good one. But you guys have those? You have like those scooter things? We have scooters of a sort. I don't know what they're called. Mm. 
I but have not left like my scooters. parents' house since I got here, so I have no idea <laughs> what Pittsburgh has to offer. Yeah, I, I gotta on August fourteenth. For the most part, I gotta say, I I think I've been mostly just in this little room that I'm in in my apartment. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, the the time time is really uh kind of meshing together. Someone posted it's quarantine, you know, you know. Exactly. Someone said that uh, the Tiger King part of quarantine felt like years oh, wow. ago. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> that that was like That's true. I remember that coming out and being like, "Oh, this will get me through the quarantine." Yeah. I can't believe that even happened. I can't believe the Oscars was hosted this year. Like, I can't believe. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, what do we? It's like different stages. Now, th- yeah. Like- there's definitely been a variety of stages there was the more innocent stage the tiger king stage that was pretty innocent and i wonder if that transitioned into the um that was fairly innocent where we were all kind of like huh you know we we're like yeah we, we get to like TV stay home and watch like, netflix all day yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, and maybe then two weeks. and then i think the next phase was oh the this black is... lives matter phase i don't know if that transition I feel like like that was kind of a little yeah. bit. That was like late May, June. Yeah. Um, See, I feel I like there was, was a transition though, where people started getting a little bit more serious about stuff, um, and then yeah. now we're in a phase. I mean, I think there was like I think there was also a bread making mm. phase. I oh, think that I think came that, after Tiger King. Does, did anyone I think else? Then have people a, got even more comfortable at home. Did anyone else have a bread making phase? No, same. Uh, no. Type into. <laughs> Leave a comment under this episode if you had a bread-making phase. Not a bread-making phase, but I had a slight moment where I was like, yes, I'm going to cook for myself, and now I'm mostly all Uber Eats. I saw a really interesting tweet right before the pandemic happened, which I think is so pertinent, in which it said, you're either going to come out of this a great cook or Uh, an alcoholic. alcoholic, (laughs) Or an alcoholic. I saw that, and one. I think about that all the Why time. Why can't we be both? Dude, I've definitely <laughs> switched to to because you're alcoholic. The, the the latter. <laughs> I am the alcoholic. Sam's like because I am now the latter. I yeah. just bought a book for those. I talked about this last week, but I, I bought a book about cocktails, and today I made a thing called the Barbados Swizzle, which is Ooh. two shots dark rum, one a half shot lime, a mm. half shot uh, simple syrup. And um, then some bitters that you, it says, like, you just throw in some bitters. So mm. I don't even know what the bitters does. I don't taste. I think the bitters aren't. You're not supposed to taste it. But um, but I think I'm over my cocktail face because delicious. Uh, first off, it's very expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive. Mm. And also, um, I, I, I don't know. The people don't seem to like the cocktails that I'm making. But... <laughs> Whatever. What are you gonna Clientel. do? Yeah, just do do you, man. Just do you. But you know that's the best advice yourself. I've gotten so far. This you quarantine. You know what I mean? That's do fair. things for you, Sam. Become an alcoholic best thing... for you, not for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it for that's other people. Okay. You do that shit for yourself. Okay. We're gonna be playing this at your intervention, Sam. Be like, like remember this when this was a joke. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, my favorite my favorite cocktail so far was called the Flame of Love. Ooh. Which you literally light the side of a, of an orange peel, and you squeeze the orange peel, and it makes a flame 
onto like uh it's like vodka and it it tastes really wow i really liked it because it it tastes like singed orange and you throw the orange peel in Mm. there i was a fan Mm. i never knew that people did that until i i tried um, Any, so let's know, get Zach, into maybe some... Sam needs an intervention now. Yeah, we've been talking I probably about need an intervention for like ten minutes. This is uh, yeah. I, I like, probably oh, need another an cocktail. <laughs> Once he got the book, um, it quickly became his personality. But we'll. Uh... It's called the Bar Book. Um, so I think we should get <laughs> into some news. Oh uh, yes, we are a media. About ourselves. We are a media uh, radio show. Just for yeah, people it's talking. Yeah, not a cocktail media. We don't. We normally talk about media. I was about to say, Two Thumbs Undecided isn't very clear on us being a film and TV pod, uh, radio show. It's really just, it, if I saw it, I would be like, oh, these are just two guys who are confused. Which is true, <laughs> for the most part. Um, but Well, no, I mean, once we get to the main theme, uh, it's most, it, we talk about media. But we'll, we'll begin the news, though, with some, I think, Karina... You brought this up, and you've been tweeting a lot about this, and I think it's still oh, no. fascinating. I tweet about everything. What are, What is this? Mr. Peanut. Specifically. Mr. <laughs> Peanut has turned Oh, my God. 21. He is not news. Oh, God. I actually don't think this is news. Do you think that's news? Sam, I think that's I just, think like, it's... a sad, pathetic blimp on, like... The world. Twit- like, they're trying to make it news, I but it's not there. I personally think it's so fat. I think it's really well, interesting. Was it even trending? I feel like they really, they really got a pathetic, what's chaotic I, marketing. I feel like they tried, but it didn't. Thing, going. thing is, is the one thing I saw is what is the time? What is time in the peanut universe? You know, he's a baby. That, time is a mess. I, I guess no. It's that's the thing. Illusion is, in the peanut, Mister Peanutverse. Peanut. I did the math, so he's aged. 20 so he aged 21 years and six months so that means in two years they're out of an ad campaign like he's dead also he doesn't look 21 to to me over again he looks like he looks like a teenager personally i think this is what the marketing team wants they want a podcast they want people to talk about it but i don't think that's what they deserve you feel me Mm. Like, this is all what right, we're right. giving we'll, we'll them exactly what they need. We've fallen if, into it. If I I'm being fair, <laughs> you tweet about it a lot, Karina. So you, I do, you and every do tweet is like, I'm up. tired. I want to die. <laughs> like, every Mr. Peanut tweet I hate. You're right. I do give it. I do give it energy, and I shouldn't. But I don't know where else to channel my anger. You know, I feel like this is a great scapegoat, the Mr. Peanut account. Things aren't making sense over there, and I feel good about redirecting my energy yeah. towards this. It's interesting because it was an ad little peanut marketing campaign. It was an ad campaign that happened right before COVID. <laughs> COVID, yeah. And it, it kind of, they probably thought like this is gonna be the pin of, like this is gonna be what people are. <laughs> this talking is gonna be twenty twenty. This is our year. They're like twenty twenty, Mister Peanuts year. And, and then, then COVID happened. COVID <laughs> they're like, happened. And they're like, we did not anticipate this. We don't know. Let's just make him 21. Um, Wait, is that supposed... My last thing about... Mr. I just thought of something. Him being... Or the peanut being 21, is that some reflection to, like, the hope of 2021? Or is it just... I don't know, but... I don't think the marketing team even thought that far. I don't know what they're doing. That does... There's a, a Vampire Weekend song that came out with their last album called 2021. And I think it's very 
uh, apropos. It was very forward thinking because it, wow. it the whole song was about how we're just looking forward to 2021, and we are now. Huh? That's what we're we looking are. forward to. That's so, so true. I think I think it was, yes. and that that album came out 2018 or like very very early, like maybe did it Wait. Ju- like January 20. I thought that was 19. Uh, 19. I swear, the last four years have been a blur, and this has been a muddled year. So, Yeah. Um, well, do you have any other news, Zach? Um, news for me, I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's something to do with TV. Uh, for a little bit, uh, Marge Simpson was trending on Twitter. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. Because someone, and then, I don't know if you saw this, the animators of The Simpsons had Marge Simpson come out and address Gina Ellis directly. And I thought that was... Wait, Gina Ellis? Or, Who's that? Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's the uh, woman who said that... Um, Camilla, uh, Camilla? See, I'm... Kamala Harris? Yes. Sounds like... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Marge Simpson. Huh. Did you not see what? that? I, I didn't this. see it. I I mean, the the Simpsons to me are as good as dead. Well, I mean, they're I'm, nothing yeah. against what they're saying. I'm just I don't think about the Simpsons. But this this uh, I guess Ellis. Yeah, I don't either. It was uh, but that was that was something on Twitter. That or um, media. I'm I feel like a lot has happened on Twitter. Only... I just don't remember stuff. Well, I've started getting into TikTok more and more. Uh, have you gotten into TikTok, Karina? Oh no! Wait, why? You're, you're, God, no! I, I I thought well. I thought what? T- I thought t- you look confused. I thought TikTok was on the outs, or like about to, or was I guess it's that not, was another. It's not going to be on the outs. Oh, because of the Trump thing? I don't think that's. It's that's, not. Yeah, he can't he, do that, right? I don't think it's actually happening. No, I no, he, I guess he can. He can, but it's the, the only why other because I. I I looked it up. The only other things that he had any kind of impact on with social media is he just had outside companies sold some of their stock in some American company. Like China, he forced China to sell stock in in Grinder or something like that. Like it was something where he was like, you can't, you have to sell your stock in American companies. But he's never like, it's, it's, and also Microsoft is planning on buying it. So and it's just it's all insane it's all it's all is that why we're trying to get into tiktok because uh what do you just say is that why we are getting into tiktok because we're going to be making videos for yes that? zach and i are starting to make there is a very interesting tiktok video from planet money <laughs> which is an npr podcast mm. so it's very professional <clears throat> but the tiktok i think is rather interesting because it takes you know, millennial slash Gen Z editing, wow. which Zach does a lot of with his animations, mm. um, and it it um it makes the whatever their topic is into a more digestible, uh, you know, video format. Um, mm. So Zach's gonna do one for this episode. Um, it's gonna be very. It's gonna but, be pretty. Um, yeah. Gritty. So, it's gonna be very rough. I will just let you know. I mean, did you see that Instagram is coming out with this thing called Reels? So that's why people are saying maybe TikTok is, is old news. You didn't know about Reels on Instagram? Well, we should I get have... into we should no. get into Reels. I swear, like, what is that? I... Reels Wait, are no. the new TikTok for Instagram. It just happened. There was a recent update on Instagram. 
Yeah, this is uh, breaking news for me. Really? It's called you, Reels. Yeah. People are already up. I've already oh. seen some Reels on, on Instagram, and it looks just like TikTok. I don't use Instagram whatsoever. In fact, I, I retweeted use, a tweet from TikTok because TikTok like saw Instagram tweeting about Reels, and Instagram's like, oh, look, like look at our new feature, Reels. Look what you can do. And TikTok retweeted it, and they're like, wow, this looks familiar. And it got like thousands and thousands of likes and retweets because it's basically trying to kick TikTok out of that. I don't know what to call it, the like video quirky like market space. And now Instagram the is quick, trying yeah. to like do the same thing. So you should check it out. Maybe you should well, just focus what, on reels. I, <laughs> maybe we should I, do that. Yeah. I, I was about to say, like I, I missed the whole Vine era because I had just a flip phone my entire teenage college life, basically. Um, so, and TikTok, I just never got into, but Reels is right on the cutting edge. So I say, Sam, we, we get real with Reels. Reels is real. Get real that's with a, Reels. That's, <laughs> you guys yeah, should get set all these apps that are dedicated to video specifically, like Snapchat, you know, Vine and, and now TikToks all, I feel like are getting pushed out down by Instagram. By, Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Well, well I mean, yeah, Instagram Facebook, Instagram, by, yeah. Uh, so it's just Facebook is kind of just consuming all of this stuff. So, and Twitter is kind of in this niche in which it really can't be. It's really its own thing. So that's why I still think Twitter is my favorite. Twitter is also, the best. I just, Although Twitter is getting very depressing nowadays. But it always has wow. been. It always has been. Facebook um, is the most depressing for me. Facebook, it actually, yeah, well, I, I don't agree. even use Facebook. Facebook is I, just like. I don't use Facebook at all. That's where I see the most chaos, in my opinion. <laughs> when I, I, it's chaos when someone like posts a Facebook story and it's actually someone like my age that should know how to use like social media, but instead they're just like posting to Facebook, and I'm like, what in God's name does that do for you? <laughs> like I Facebook think the, stories. So, the the reason why I think Facebook for me is more chaotic is Twitter. I mostly only follow like brands or or celebrities that i enjoy mm. you and need so, to follow more than that. <laughs> i mean i i follow people who, the moment i think you know they look interesting um like, <laughs> art, like i follow a lot of artists now but on facebook you know i i friended a whole bunch of people back in the day and sometimes they post very cringy stuff mm. so i also before we get into today's topic i want to Deeply, briefly dive into our weekly. Um, Zach's gonna smoke some tobacco real quick. Oh. Cool. Um, our, yeah. our, um, <laughs> our, our, um, our st- stocks with Sam. Uh, I think <laughs> you're gonna every- read the stocks. <laughs> I think. No, I think <laughs> yeah, everyone a- should buy the True Leave. There's a stock that I bought that has gone up ten bucks. This is very strange week. Did you actually buy a stock? It's gone up ten bucks in the last week. He did. It's called, Sam bought wow. this Canadian a, weed uh, yeah, store. Yeah, bought a stock. It was fifteen. Yeah, it's called True Leave Cannabis Corp, and it's gone up ten bucks in the past week. And I think I feel, everyone should buy it. I, I just, for some reason, talking <laughs> about my stock. Why up did too. Why did you choose this stock? Where, where did you get this this recommendation? Because I was talking with a. a, a a weed someone who smoker. a bank person no oh. someone who who knows yeah who knows finance and stuff and he was telling me like of all like the indicators that you should look for oh and i also saw canada like very recently just made weed legal nationally 
So I was like, might as well look at what's, you know, what's like the breaking. And there was one store that was not actually, because most other companies were losing money in like the cannabis in Canada, but this was the one place that was not losing money. Why would they lose money if weed is now legal? Like, what is that? Why did that happen? I don't know. Like their business model wasn't doing great or something. But this true leave is also uh, breaking into the USA as well. So I think that's part of the reason. Mm. Is that a Slim Jim? Oh, that's a phone. Sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. I thought it was the Slim That'd Jim. That'd be so disgusting if I'm just like um. eating a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, eat Slim Jims, Sam. You're, you're not at that. I'm actually eating applesauce. Oh. How did right. you confuse that with Speak- a Slim Jim, Sam? <laughs> What do you, what do you think this pipe is? This is a slim jim. <laughs> Sam, I think you're I think you're not only half stuck in cannabis stores. There was a solid year of my life that I liked slim jims and wow. then I turned uh, 10, 10. I think people who like <laughs> um, slim jims and like Red Bull, have you seen people like just eating slim jims and drinking like chaotic energy drinks? I think that's really chaotic energy when I see people doing energy. that. Slim Jims and like an energy drink. That's that's a chaotic person. I've seen. I think somebody people. who's yeah. eating. That's yeah. If you're eating Slim Jims and drinking like Red Bull, I think you're also trolling people online. <laughs> Probably, you're just sitting yeah. in a dark cave of your room, just trolling people. Just trying yeah. to find people to. That's probably the vibe. Agitate. And you're probably 40 plus. Because <laughs> you got the energy to do um, it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you got. Red Bull plenty gives of you the energy you're just to running troll. Running on energy at that point. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of energy to that, there's no segue. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's, we're going to transition just kind of bluntly to Ooh. our topic for today, um, which is something that we probably should be talking more and more about doing separate parts and stuff because it's a very deep topic. Um, but part of the reason why we have Karina on, not just because we love her as a co-host. It's because uh, I'm a woman. But this topic today. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, Sam's like, you're a woman. Be- Can you join us but on also- Friday? <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's, hey, I feel like that's exactly how show. it happened. <laughs> I'm exposing everybody. I'm just I think kidding. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's fine. It's, uh, it's fine. But it, it's true because totally we... Joking. You know, there's there's things that uh, we can't really speak on. And the, the topic is uh, women in film, which is, uh, you know, something that needs to be talked about more and more today or these days. Like film, uh, well, film has always been a men's club. Let's just be blunt. Film for a up until club? I think fairly recently. Yes. Oh, besides. That's probably. Yeah, has been a besides the, the reason why. I wanted to that really sparked my interest of doing doing this episode now, although I want to keep doing this kind of thing. Um, I saw an article uh, that I think I, I sent to all of you, I think, um, called it was from Refinery29. Well, you did send me that. How, I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't oh. I don't remember this. Sam, this was when you were drinking your cocktails and you're sending me all of these like women articles. <laughs> You're like, look at this video about British suffrage, 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 how do you pronounce that? Suffrage, suffrage, suffragettes, suffragettes, is it Benny and the suffragettes? <laughs> no, but yeah, this was during that time. You sent me all these links. I'm like, is he drunk? <laughs> uh, Sorry, continue. Yes. 
I, I, I was when I sent you that, but that's beautiful. It was actually. a very interesting. Um, it was a very interesting uh, article because it broke down um, <clears throat> the fact that before 1927, which was when men, which was when silent era, like or the silent era came to a close, um, women and men shared film were like the the same number of it was 50 50 men and women writers and directors in throughout film history uh, up until 27 um and it wasn't until 27 because that's when the because like talkies i guess started making film more of like this boom of um of money that wall street kind of stepped in and then that's when it became a men's club but the the whole article is very fascinating because it just dove into all these different women um beforehand who um had all these uh networking things and like it was it seemed like it was a very safe place like it started with this this woman lewis weber who then brought in um someone has a phone ringing yeah that's me sorry it's just and the then phone. she brought in um there was a uh she brought in uh she like brought in this woman named Frances Marion who was uh who did a lot with um Mary Pickford and um Frances Marion kind of opened up all of these different networking things for all these women in like the early like tens and twenties. Um and she directed this film called The Wind, uh nineteen twenty eight about um I mean, these the subjects that I just feel like it just weren't touched on again until like the 70s or the 80s. Like it was about a, a woman who was about to be raped by a man and she killed the man. And then the wind and like she buried the man in like the sand and this and like for the rest of the movie, it's like the wind is blowing the sand off of the man's dead body. Oof, um, brutal. Whoa. And it, it's, it's very brutal. But I mean, it's it, these things that I just suddenly... You know, we talked, we had the whole episode of censorship. Mm. The Hayes Act um, just made everything taboo to talk about these sort of things. Also, um, look up the two, uh, 1921. There is a 19, there is a 2018 The Wind, uh, which is also is directed. Is it a remake? I don't know. No, it's just literally about a wind that's but people. But in, in. For in like the mid twenties, Universal had thirteen women hired um, to thirteen women hired on staff. Staff, and then once talkies started in the late twenties, early thirties, women were not hired until nineteen eighty two uh, with Emma Herkling, who directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and. I mean, I, I, I guess you should just read the article. I don't want to go on and on and on well, talking about this stuff. Yeah, now we're but, now we're kind of today, you know, and uh, there's more opportunity, of course, and we're hearing all all voices. Um, so I guess, uh, Karina, what is it? Uh, I, got, I guess. Yeah, as a I guess as a woman in film, uh, do you? I mean. You're a young woman in film, so I guess you haven't seen really how it was beforehand. But <laughs> all the you, way in what the twenties. I, I guess I guess tell us some of the 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 hurdles. I mean, obviously there are definitely hurdles, but tell us some of the hurdles that you face 
as a woman in film and actually first of all i'd like to be called a female in film because i think women i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding uh kidding. well <laughs> female in film does have all right we'll, we'll retitle this female in film well female in film does have the then can you address us as male a lady in waiting in film <laughs> um actually. no just kidding uh yeah i don't know i mean honestly like i'm so early in my career I don't even I don't even know if I can speak to so many of the hurdles that I think you face down the line when you make bigger projects. I've only made short films so so far. Um but I think now's a great time to honestly be a woman in film just because I think you know, there's so many grant opportunities, so many fellowship opportunities looking specifically for women, for uh uh BIPOC people um for you know, diversity. So I think that's, it's actually a really good time for that just because even me, when I was looking for grants or looking for fellowships, I realized that I met a lot of the criteria. Um, so I really think it is mm-hmm. great for me to be a person of color, to be a woman and to be looking for people interested in my work, looking for different point of views um, and looking for it to be these unique stories to be made by women. So from my point of view, I think it's a great time. Um, I don't think I have ever, as just from my personal experience, um, as as a creative, I mean, I think in the film industry, because I was a PA, I was an executive assistant. I think that's sort of different. I'm talking about being a writer and director. I mean, I don't don't know. I'm trying to think back to even like my PA days. Um, But I I don't even know if I can. Well, you're PA because you worked for Stay Gold. Yeah. Did you? Because what Stay Gold was, it was all women, right? The it was a women producer. Yeah, yeah, it was a women. Was, I mean, before that, actually, there was a male assistant. There was a guy assistant, so it wasn't mm-hmm. even all female, all women. Before that, mm-hmm. um, there was there was a guy, and I think once I came aboard, I think that's when they just decided that they wanted it from then on to be a women led production company. Um, they just liked that vibe better. I'm not really sure what made, because after that there was a, there was another woman assistant after me and they even changed their bio on their Instagram, like woman led production company. So, um, I think they made that decision, um, for their brand, I guess, later, um, after I came up on board, but yeah, so, I mean, I worked for Wait, them so for you were about kind six of the, months. You were the start. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I was. Wow. I mean, I think they're, they're very new as a production company yeah. as well. And they're very small. I think it would just be um, the producer, her name's Daniela, and then Becca, who's the head of development. And then there was me. And I was the executive assistant Mm -hmm. to the producer. And that was really it. That was the team plus the interns. So it was a really, really small production company to start with. Um, And, yeah, I think they were still trying to, like, get, you know, get their footing in terms of who they wanted even to be the assistant. I think they, you know... I came in before a male uh, a male assistant, and there was someone after I decided to leave six months later. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know why they chose to make that call to be a woman-led production company, but I think it's a sign of the times, too. Um, they probably just felt stronger, that being their brand, amplifying women voices, amplifying women behind the scenes as well, because I think there's not as many um, just women in the industry just in general whether you're a director of development, mm-hmm. whether you're a producer, whether you're um, not just creatives, but also people behind the scenes, the people that make the logistics. 
go. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a that was definitely a very interesting experience for me. I think um, one of the things that the, the the article was touching on is how, like what you're saying, we're kind of coming back to this time in which women are, are starting, not, not, not to the same degree, because, I mean, you, you look at any statistic and it's still a, a men's club for the majority. Um, and But I, I think what's different about now compared to what's what was happening even in the 20s is there are more women in charge as the head of, you know, production companies. Um, I mean, um, the head of Columbia... Um, or the head of Sony, who was like in charge of all of the, um, a lot of, uh, what was her name? It was Amy something. Can you look it up, Zach? Yep. Looking it up. The, the head of Sony. Um, like a, a lot of the studio heads are, um, or not a lot of the studio heads, but there are now studio heads that are women. Wait, head of Sony? Um, it's head of Sony. Ken. Ishiro Yoshida. Okay, all right, all right that's man. not her. Go. Strong go, pass. Go back. <laughs> yeah. Go back. Go back. I think she might have. Uh, oh, oh, Amy been... Beth uh, Pascal. There yes, you go. Yes, Amy Pascal. I mean, she was mm. very um, prominent in like the the two thousands. She made like a lot of like the mid budget films in the two thousands. Like she was the head of Sony, kind of. When it started, when it was kind of at its prime in a way, mm. um, and in the twenties there was really only just uh, wait, let me pull this up again. There was really just the only, the first, and for a while the only female-run production company was Solox Company, which was done by Alex or uh, uh, Elise Gay Block, um, which was the largest pre-Hollywood studio. Um, it was made in 1908. Mm. Um, so we're, I mean, thankfully living in a, in a, in a different time. I mean, are you, I guess uh, for everyone, are we optimistic that things will continue being more diverse in, in women to men? I mean, obviously the diverse, you could talk about it in a lot of different ways, but just women, and men, do you think it'll be more and more of a of a of, of a co-ed club as it continues mm. as I, time goes on i mean yeah go ahead zach i mean, I, I hope so i mean mm. i wouldn't but do you do i if I'm, i look at I, the evidence <laughs> i would say sure i mean i'm i i just lose confidence just based purely on i guess on politics nowadays um, I mean, we're not a political radio show, but I, I just lose confidence uh, had, and just, it is kind of these days. It has turned into politics occasional. Um, but I just lose confidence in, in humanity as a whole, whenever we, you know, it's just, it, we have a person in charge who is just so blatantly sexist and, and, but, and so many different things. That it's just like if if that is what you know, not a majority, but a, a lot of people are kind of pushing for. It's just like art, like I don't know. But Sam, that's why I have to be your rock. You know, I think 
you could be a very, you know, there's probably definitely signs of it maybe not being the norm uh, equality. But I like to think of that true, the you know, the hope and hope uh, hope it comes along. Uh, but Karina, you are, um, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm still like thinking and my thoughts are always evolving in terms of the industry and in terms of, you know, women. I also think there's two sides of the story too. I think there's like, what we see on camera, like in front of the scenes, and there's also behind the scenes, you know, you could have, I feel like sometimes studios capitalize on women's stories or on diversity, and they put a big show, like in front of the scenes, and then behind the scenes, maybe mm-hmm. they don't pay people properly, maybe they don't, you know, and they're almost yeah. using it as sort of like a token, like a diversity token, like, oh, look, a woman like is starring in this, or oh, look, like, but are you paying that woman properly? Are you doing what you should be doing? You know, so I think I'm skeptical just because I think there's a lot of behind the scenes that, you know, we don't really get to see. Um, And I think that in terms of pay, I think it is still skewed, you know, to favor even in terms of actors. You know, how much do male actors get paid over women actors? You know, I think we hear that all the time. So I think, again, I think the behind the scenes needs to change. And I think studios and not just studios, but everybody needs to think about, oh, why do we want to tell the story? Do we just want to say, oh, look, diversity token. Oh, look what we're doing. Or do you actually want to pay the people? Do you want to have representation? Do you want to, mm-hmm. you know, have cast, not just a cast, but a crew also that matches your commitment to diversity? Like, you know, if you have a, a show mm-hmm. starring a black woman, can we have people behind the scenes? Can we have camera operators? Can we have the DP? Can we have, you know, can we also match that enthusiasm for diversity behind the scenes? even though people aren't going to see that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there's like an in front of the scenes, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And I just, I think there needs to be a bigger push for a behind the scenes. um, I don't know, passion for equality, passion for creating spaces for women, women of color, et cetera. I think um, it's also someone entering your room. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a door open. Um, Hello. Uh, Hello. Um, it also is, it's on the, <laughs> someone's banging, yeah, building a small house or something. Yeah, making a lot of noise. I'm going to have a very mm-hmm. serious talk with my parents after this. So that can we're be all, the behind the scenes bonus clip where um, yeah, well, uh, my parents yell at him and I'm kind of like we'll yeah, say the stuck back in my teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be the bonus clip. Um, Continue. It's it's also on the you know the the, the, the press, uh, mm. you know there, there's a lot of I think like every time I turn on any you know like even IndieWire and things like that, yeah, it, it's just such a it's such clickbait to see Tarantino, P.T. Anderson, sure, and, sure, or to see like yes. these names, and it's oh my god, and it's just um, you know it, it's what? it's. Man, your brother is He does not care, let me tell you. He knows I'm doing this thing, too, and he does not care. Anyways, continue. Add add passion into your voice, Sam. He's trying to be This is what living at home is, folks. This is living at home. This is the price I pay. This is real life. He's trying to be an editor, isn't he? He's he's an editor? Yeah. He's trying to to do some editing? Oh, yeah, he's really good at iMovie. He's trying to be a YouTuber. He's he's, got to be good good at sound management if if he's doing editing. 
He has to know how to... I don't think he knows about that. Maybe I'll give him a little lesson. Yeah, give him a little lesson. <laughs> After this is over. Um, I'll be like, listen to this recording. Do you hear something? This is going to be on the podcast. What do you uh, But I, I think that, you know, so much of, of history is... Or so much of film, you know, it's, there's definitely... There's been a mm-hmm. lot of women directors, but... And people can point to, like, right. oh, well, like, what about... The, there, there hasn't been... If there has been so many women directors, why haven't they done as many things as like the men directors and it's because there's not as much press about them like people it it is it is just as important Mm. for the press to to be reporting on women directors and not just be reporting on women directors as you know filling a quota or something but talking about women directors not just as women directors but as directors and you need to talk about um Mm -hmm all of this stuff as 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 not just like this is our token this is you know it's good that the, there's being these catalogs like with the the criterion channel has a whole thing on uh women in film and that's good and all but like there needs to be more just just talking about directors as directors and not kind of identifying them as you know there's there's not i guess there's an argument about like best female actress and best male actor which i don't necessarily agree Mm -hmm. with but like there's no best male director and best female director and that's just because there hasn't been many female directors and that's why they didn't they didn't separate it so early on um so it's also on us if i'm going to be so bold and call us press Uh, um yeah but I don't know. Actually, my my I professor at NYU was Eric Cohn, who was um, Eric Cohen or a- Eric Cohn, who is one of the IndieWire critic chiefs yeah. um, editors, uh, and he I remember him saying in class that it's so important because a lot of uh, film critics are again you know like like white male film critics, and that influences how they. In some ways, like if you're watching a woman, if you're watching a film by a black woman director about like her specific experiences, I don't know, coming of age or whatever, you're not going to relate so much versus if you were, I don't know, a black woman film critic watching it and saying, oh, I relate to this. I can feel this film in this way, you know, so he's saying how important it is for diversity to also be in film criticism because that influences how, how you see the films, how you talk about the films and maybe you can see something special or, you know, personal in a film that, you know, a white male film critic wouldn't be able to see in terms of, you know, uh, you know, a film that's about, you know, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like diversity for film critics as well is important. But I remember him saying that and I thought, oh, my God, that's so true. And I never thought about it before. Uh, I mean, which is interesting because there's well, oh, talk about. Say. Yeah. Talk about. Um, Film crit- women film critics. You have Paula Keen, or Cla- yeah. What what's Keen. Paula? I think it's Keen. Keen, and then also my one of my new favorites, Amy Nicholson, who does co on uh, uh, Unspooled. Unspooled. That's a little plugged for Unspooled. Um, but some you know we talk about uh, film and what have you, but uh, the animation scene. At least I I've been following really a lot of more animation than film and TV. And um, there is a lot of uh, women filmmakers or animators who are coming onto the scene, especially now that we live in an age where we can't see each other or, like, 
talk to each or you know can't you know physically yeah. be there i feel like animation for yeah. those who animate this is a great time to really spit out stuff mm. um but i mean i remember so many... also like a big like thing on twitter with animation was that thing people were starting to expose like actors and actresses that voice characters that are just not their not their race and not their ethnicity. I remember that was a huge thing on Twitter and all these actors and actresses were I think there were just a couple that started stepping down from their jobs cuz they're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. This animated character does not represent who I am in real life. Like I'm not black or I'm not this, I'm not that. Why am I voicing this character?" I remember that yeah. was a big thing on Twitter also. That is something I think we'll see. I mean, of course, a lot of characters on Simpsons are voiced by like white guys who are playing like a poo and all those but there's also <laughs> Allison Brie I think also was like ooh I maybe shouldn't have been playing a Vietnamese woman on Bojack mm -hmm. Horseman right uh so I think that will be a, right, a big right. change we're gonna see and giving more uh jobs to those who um it should go to uh sure but uh just I to agree. name drop some of my favorite uh, female uh, animators. I said this on last week's podcast, but uh, Vivi Vizzy Pop or Vivian Medrano. I'm horrible with pronouncing names. Uh, she's you have dyslexia. No, that's a horrible excuse. That's um, that's not a horrible excuse. Anyway, it's a learning and then uh, thing. Rebecca Sugar, who did uh, Steven Universe, also. Two great uh, animators. And, yeah. I say, people, check them out. Awesome. Hmm. I was about to yeah. say oh, something. I well. I forget what I was going to say. Hmm. But, um. I think we're going to. No, I'm going to do, a like, a, a hope for the. I think we're going to come out of this quarantine. I mean, we sit in our homes, and like we said at the beginning of this, we could, you know either do nothing or I think there are definitely going to be some people and hopefully the good ones come out of this uh, fully charged and <laughs> inspired and be like, yes, I've been building my technique or researching. Um, mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Yeah. I hope I'm one of those people. <laughs> oh, I hope to God I'm one <laughs> of those So far, I might be crawling out of this quarantine apartmentless and sad. Yeah. I, <laughs> and a mess. I'm on the same scale Same. as in i'm gonna come out of this like a neck beard 200 thousand <laughs> pound man well at least at least we're all in this together i think this is what um <laughs> high school musical was talking about we're all whenever oh my god <laughs> i get it now whoa oh my god at the that end of the so movie i think they were predicting quarantine and sam like, i'm gonna at least we're all in this together. Like... i'm gonna steal that and i'm gonna tweet that out i'm gonna Kenny Ortega, he was like, I know what is going to happen in 2020. <laughs> and we need a song mm. that is catchy with dance moves that will reunite us all <laughs> come the year that COVID hits. And he was right. Wow. Yeah. Actually, you know, that was actually a trend at the beginning of... Is that why you said it? Because it was a trend at the beginning of COVID? No. You didn't there see a, that? There was a I trend. think it was like... Yeah, all the people from High School Musical, like did it they, they did several high, uh, high school musical songs i think but we're all in this together like they did the 
the the dance moves and it was Ashley Tisdale and Vanessa Hudgens and I did not Corbin see this Blue. Whatsoever. You didn't see this? It was great. I loved it. I was like, well, okay. That's, I'm getting something I, out of this. Yeah, that's another thing about the uh, the quarantine uh, these days is the um, the reunions. Everybody's doing a reunion. The reunions. Yeah. Like TV shows that have been off for years. Like we have nothing better to do. Let's do a reunion episode. Which is nice. Yeah. But um, for so final words because we're gonna be talking, we're gonna be ending our episode on things that we've seen this week. Or Karina, you haven't been on for a while, so things you've seen recently in general. Um, but my final word is another video that I was inspired to do an episode today about. Um, their Vox did does a bunch of video essays, and they did um something about the British suffragettes. And it's it's very fascinating because they, I think, a lot of uh, like the suffragette movements and even, you know, women in film in, in like the 20s, it's not really talked about um, at all, really, in history. Um, and I didn't know this, but there was a woman who came like during the British suffragette movement, they all like a lot of them learned martial arts and once and they were very uh you know physical and they would be they would get into like these brawls in like the middle of the street with like the police officers and things and there was one specific incident where there was one suffragette i forget her name watch the video it's on vox but she like it was filmed and she planned this it was like during a, a derby race she came out wearing like holding a sign or not a sign but she was wearing like the typical suffragette colors and she planned it to be like right at the turn and she got purposely basically killed herself like getting run over by a horse to be a message basically or she killed herself yeah well i don't i don't know if she planned on killing herself but like she was planning on but she 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 eventually died like three days she died three days later from her injuries and um and she became this martyr for the British suffragettes. Um, that and you know, the, I, 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 it's just, it's just surprising me how much of history is not talked about. Also, it's pro- and it's probably because we mis, mm. probably because we mispronounce it. It's, it's suffrage. Suffrage. Well, she was a suffragette. S- Suffrager. Yes, she was a suffragette. Suffragette. Okay, whatever. Um, if but it's it's educated. It's, <laughs> it's a story that I enjoy. Not because you know she died, but because it's it's just I just feel like there's so much. Not because she died. Sorry. It was just there's so much history, like women's history. You know, any any type of history that's not white male is not taught in the school systems, um, and. It is something that is, I think, very damaging and is a indicator to a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, so the more that you can do to educate yourself on different topics, uh, the better. Um, so do you guys have any final things? Um, support uh, your women directors, animators, and writers, and, you know, just uh, support them. I actually 
I'm thinking about what you said about like history and what we've been taught. And I also tweeted about D.W. Griffith and the mm. fact that, I mean, I went, you know, to NYU and to Tisch and we had a whole, our whole syllabus was full of D.W. Griffith. And we were also like, oh, yeah, and here's some like racist films that he did. You know, oh, look. And then we just continued to talk about him as like the inventor of film, this awesome guy. And I'm like, why are we, t- why are we, I mean, I get it. He's an important part of history, but I also felt like we were, I don't know, like, like weirdly still idolizing him in a way where you're showing us birth of a nation. And I'm like, dear God, yeah, that's, <laughs> isn't yeah. there anyone else in history? Maybe we can point to, and maybe we can say, look, this person who wasn't racist also made some important <laughs> milestones in film. Is this guy the only guy? I also thought that was weird how how our whole syllabus was D.W. Griffith. Ooh. But anyway. Oh, yeah. um, did you watch that movie? I did. I watched the whole thing. I watched it actually oh, wow. several times. I watched it in a theory class. I watched it in like a silent era, like film, another film class. They really hammer it home with Birth of a Nation in film classes at Tisch. And okay, like if the the dude's racist, why are we? Why is he on the syllabus? I, like I, I get think, it. Maybe we can talk about him, but let's talk about like him, like correctly. You know, yeah. like not just like oh here's a prominent filmmaker. Also, he was kind of racist. Like here's a guy, a product of his time. You know, he had all these racist works that we should think about, contextualize, and discuss, but not as like this this hero of you know early filmmaking i don't know it was weird it's it's a weird way we discussed him i don't thinking back on it i i don't think i think it was wrong um but anyway definitely more of an emphasis on women filmmakers the history of women filmmakers i know actually nothing about like i don't think um i took a transnational feminist cinema class where i think um we learned more about just internationally like women in film but yeah i think there's definitely a lack there and again what i said about behind the scenes being as important as in front of the scenes, paying people, having representation, you know, behind the scenes, I think we need to do a lot of work on. Um, but yeah, and also like what Zach said, supporting our creators, our women creators. Yeah. Um, I was trying to look this up actually, but I couldn't find it what? while oh. you were talking. But there, there's a, it's not Vox, but there was a video essay I saw that was talking about the first feature film, like the first film to be two hours um Mm. and they 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 did a good job of not making it about um that film uh about uh what is it called again birth of a nation birth of a nation Mm. not making about birth of a nation it was like this earlier film like this uh the this uh uh i think it was a if it was from greece it was a film from Greece was the first two hour film. And since then, that was like kind of the film that blew everything up. But I agree. So let's transition now to things that we've seen this week. And we might run out of time. But let's start with you, Karina, since you're the guest. What's some things you've seen this week? Films, TikToks, anything. Reels. Oh, ooh. Films, TikToks. What? I feel like I've seen a film recently. What have I seen? Oh, man. I actually did see Indian matchmaking on Netflix. That's something I've seen recently. What was that? Um, have you guys seen that show? It's called what Indian it? matchmaking on Netflix. I have not. Indian matchmaking? Oh. It was actually a big deal, especially on, in like on Brown Twitter. Like everyone was talking about it 
because it's this sort of modern take or I guess modern lens on matchmaking. Um, it's reality TV, but Ooh. it's just, it's really interesting. Um, and it's sort of just taking matchmaking and just putting a different spin on it because a lot of people think matchmaking is very, oh, arranged marriage is so sad and oppressive, but a lot of people prefer arranged marriage. They want to like a, someone that's from a similar family or cultural background and it was really interesting. That's something that I saw recently. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen a film recently, but I don't remember. Things have been a blur for me. Oh, actually, wait, yeah. I did see... Oh, my gosh. What was the name of the film? Um, Give us some hints. R- Rafiki? Uh, Rafiki uh. film. Yeah, I think it was this film actually about two um, Kenyan queer women who oh, fell in yeah. love... Um, it's called Rafiki. Um, and yeah, it was it was a really beautiful film. It was on the Criterion channel, actually. I was about to say that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I think mm-hmm. it was the first. It's really beautiful. Um, Where was it again? What was the? Uh, it's set in Kenya. Kenya. I think it was the first Ken- Kenyanese film from Kenya that mm-hmm. was in Sundance, I think. Oh, wow. It was... It was I think it was Sundance. It was something. It was the first of the, that country to get into a major film uh, mm-hmm. film festival. I think it was Sundance actually. Yeah. Um, but I heard yeah, about it from parts. that because uh, it, it was there like yeah. 2018 or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, this has it as 2018. Great. It was really beautiful. I did watch that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, bye everyone. Thanks. Thanks, Karina, for coming on. <laughs> All right. Bye. Adios. All right. Stop it. Got it.